When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome to the Michigan Maniac Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Brewer, and this is the Big Game Pre-Game Iowa. Uh, before, like always, like before we do anything, let's get into the housekeeping portion of this show. Uh, I just downloaded uh, the reaction episode of Rutgers. I added a bunch of different production value stuff. Uh, it's going to be a lot different than anything you've seen that I've done so far. It's at the YouTube page, uh, the Michigan Maniac Podcast YouTube page. It's in three parts because I'm not verified by YouTube yet, so they'll only allow me to post in 15-minute increments. So it's a three-part uh, reaction episode, but I think it's still good enough. You guys seem to have really loved this last episode. It's uh, The downloads have been ridiculous, so that's awesome to see. Also, go to the... Uh, Facebook fan page and the Instagram for the Michigan Maniac the Michigan Maniac podcast. I post a lot of stuff there. You'll love it. Also, I talk to a lot of the fans there. It's just fantastic time in general. So, now that's all done. Let's get into this. So, uh, this is Iowa. Now, I've heard a lot of stuff this week about you know Michigan this they've never beat Iowa the well five out of six against Iowa Harbaugh's never beaten Iowa which is hilarious because he's only played them once um it's a lot of noise really right I mean because let's face it I could give you stats upon stats about who does this on fourth down and who has the most takeaways or who has the most tackles for loss. I could do all that stuff. But really what it boils down to is Iowa and Michigan are basically the same team. They really are. They're basically the same team. So it really boils down to who's going to make the biggest mistakes, right? It also, actually, we could just end this all with just right here. How's Michigan going to... Uh, come out tomorrow. I mean, not tomorrow, but Saturday. How are they going to come out? Are they going to come out the team that totally took a shit against uh, Wisconsin, or are they going to come out and be the team that played against Rutgers? What mental makeup does this Michigan Wolverine team have? Because if you were to go uh, talent to talent, right, position to position, we got them. We're a better team. Right, so you let's just say you give this Michigan team with its talent the '97 Michigan Wolverine mental makeup. This team doesn't get beat. This team is one hell of a fucking team, right? That's what's important here is who's going to show up on Michigan side. Because I mean, let's take a look at Iowa. Iowa's what four zero. They haven't lost anything yet, but also three out of their four games have been at home at Kinnick, and we all know that. Iowa's a different team at home, just a lot like Michigan is. Neither one of them travel very well, like I said, basically the same team. Um, also, the one team that they played on the road was, was Iowa State. Not a great not a great showing. 
1817, I think, was the the total. And it was a busted or a muffed punt by Iowa State that kind of won the game for Iowa. Now, granted, there was a weather delay for quite a while, I think. So that kind of changes things. But to be honest, their one real test, they really didn't show up for. So, I mean, are we really that nervous? I mean, yeah, I guess you. I was saying the same thing about Wisconsin, but Wisconsin was blowing people out. They had scored over 100-something points, right, in their two games. Iowa really hasn't done that. Iowa looks good. I mean, we have two common opponents, right, with a, with a, a middle, minute, uh, middle Tennessee State and Rutgers. Uh, Iowa won 48-3 against Middle Tennessee State, and they beat Rutgers 30 to nothing. So it's kind of a wash there, right? Because I really do believe Michigan, because of how bad our offensive, our offense played, uh, Middle Tennessee State, we should have scored more, and we would have allowed less points if we're not allowing them to be on our side of the field after a turnover. So, you know, come on. And then Rutgers, it's a, it's a wash. We Iowa and Michigan beat Rutgers uh, combined 82 to nothing. So you're not going to gain anything from that. Uh, I just, you know, I mean, we're so similar. I mean, Nate Stanley and Shea Patterson are the same person. The only thing is that Nate Stanley is producing and getting wins and looking decent compared to Shea Patterson isn't doing well. And that goes, and actually, to be quite honest, it probably makes a better case that Shea Patterson is a better quarterback. I, I hate to say that, but He's struggling, obviously struggling, and he still has around the same production as Nate Stanley, and they're winning. I mean, let's look at last year. 2018, Nate Stanley, 235 attempts at 396 completions with uh, 2852 for passing yards and 26 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. So compare that to... Uh, Patterson, who was 210 in, uh, in completions to 325 in attempts, uh, 2,600 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. Sounds like the same guy to me, right? Then you go into this year. I mean, they're pretty similar. I mean, Nate Stanley, 252 yards passing against Miami of Ohio, then 236 yards passing against Rutgers uh, at Iowa State, 201. And then at Middle Tennessee, or playing Middle Tennessee State, 276. Uh, Patterson, 203 against Middle Tennessee State. 207 against Army. 219 against Wisconsin. And 276 against Rutgers. For God's sakes, their last game they played, they both threw for the same amount of yards. I mean, these are the same guys. This is the same team. They have a little bit better defense as in the fact that they... They bend, but don't break, but to certain parts of the field. If you get in the red zone, Iowa gives it up like a, like a girl on prom night. If you get in the red zone, you can guarantee you're going to score. That's all you got to do with Iowa. But getting to the red zone, now that's the problem. They're decent. I think they're fifth overall defense. Pretty damn decent, right? But you look at them as a whole, you're not going to point out any great players. You're going to be like, oh, watch out for this guy. But as a whole, they play good defense. Michigan, if they have the mental makeup, they come out ready to go. Guy for guy, we're better. 
We're just better. They don't have an they don't have a linebacker nowhere near as fast as Cam McGrone. They just don't. They have better defensive tackles because we're afraid to play our freshmen. But I mean, Aiden Hutchinson's better than any any uh, D DN they have. Same with Quiddy Pay. I mean, <laughs> we have two great cornerbacks, two really good safeties. They don't have that. They have decent guys, but they play like a unit. That's where Iowa's got us right now. They play more like a unit, and right now we're still trying to figure that shit out. The only difference. That's it. I mean, <laughs> let's see what else am I looked at here. That's it. When it comes to the two teams, that's how I'm going to go. I'm going to get into the keys of the game later. But there's a few things I've heard that really, really super irritate me right now. One's in the national media and one's just another podcaster uh, that's a Michigan, pro-Michigan podcast. But he needs to be called out on one issue. Um, so the national media says that Michigan's never won any big games. Well, it's kind of foolish because if anybody knows anything about big games, there's two big games you're talking about, and it, it could happen in the same well, with the same team, right? It's a big game day of. So the day of that game, you're taking the two teams as they currently ranked and the the overall atmosphere in which they're playing in. So the atmosphere of college football. If it's currently number one versus number two, that's a big game. But it changes if either one of those teams doesn't keep up its bargain and continue to win, right? So let's say number one versus number two happens and say number one wins. But then number two just continues to lose and by the time the end of the season happens, they're 12th. So now the national media will look at that and be like, well, they finished 12th. How good were they really? That's not really a big game. So it all depends on where you're taking the temperature of that game, right? It depends on both because we've played plenty of big games. Just because those teams didn't keep up the end of their bargain to stay good, like Wisconsin last year, Ohio, I mean, Wisconsin last year, Michigan State, and uh, Penn State, because neither one of those teams stayed up with their part of the bargain and staying and keep winning and looking good, then we get discounted for beating them when we beat them. Now, the only reason why Ohio State's different is, one, because it's always the most important game, and it's always the biggest game on our schedule. Also, it's at the end of the year. So the season has already been talked about. It's already been done. So if you win or lose that game, there, there's no detracting. All it is is that, oh, number five lost to number two or whatever, and then it goes into bowl games, Big Ten titles, and then to the playoff. So it doesn't matter. That always stays the biggest game because the evolution or the both teams have lived up to their bargain to that point. It's the last game. So there, that's it. There's no judging afterwards, right? Um, so that's why that game always stays that way. So I'm tired of that. I'm tired of hearing that. We have played in big games. We have won big games. I mean, you can go through the whole... 2015 to now, Harbaugh's played in big games, and we've won some. Yeah, granted, we haven't won all the ones we should have. We really haven't. Okay, but doesn't matter. So just remember, when they're talking about big games, they're only going for the total overall year because they have nothing else to talk about, and it's sad. 
It really is sad when they're trying. Well, but then again, that's the news cycle, right? If you've got to talk about Michigan football five days a week or college football, then you're going to you're going to repeat some things, or you're going to look for an easy uh, an easy topic, and that's one of them. But you got to you got to dig into the information to really understand what they're talking about, and they don't do that, and that's the one thing that I don't really like. Now, getting into the second part, there is a podcaster. I'm not going to say who it is, um, but he talks Michigan football all five days, and he would say he's locked on, right? He's locked into this. He, and I know what he was trying to do, but it was ignorant at best. Um, I would assume Michigan, because he comes off as a total company man, which you should. If you really love Michigan, I love Michigan too, but you should be able to criticize them right? He is very pro Shea Patterson. I, however, am not pro Shea Patterson. He was trying to say that Shea Patterson has numbers that are similar to Tom Brady when Tom Brady played at Michigan. First of all, that's blaspheming. Don't ever compare Shea Patterson to Tom Brady. I don't care if the numbers are correct. They're different on the field. Go back. If any of you are Michigan fans from early 90s on you you saw how Tom Brady played in the late 90s when Tom Brady was on the field he brought us back from games he helped us win big games when we needed it he, he made big plays when big plays needed to happen he used to wake up his roommate and they would go and work out and watch film a couple hours before they were actually going to do all the all the conditioning with their team. Tom Brady was Tom Brady before the Patriots. All right? Tom Brady was a winner. Tom Brady made big plays. So and Tom Brady never short dicked anybody. If he did it was on a, a few and far between. All Shea Patterson does. Do you think, let's just put it this way, do you think Tom Brady would have been playing golf in the offseason or do you think Tom Brady would have been trying to hone his passing skills or just thinking about what he needed to do to get better? Shea's playing golf. Tom Brady's thinking about being great. There's a difference. Also, Tom Brady doesn't short dick passes. Okay, he just doesn't. That's not who he is. That's not his arm. And that's all Shea Patterson does when he gets over 20 yards per pass. He short dicks it. Okay, the reason why I want Joe Milton and I think Joe Milton or or Dylan McCaffrey, I still have to see Dylan throw before I can say this. So I'll just say Milton. The difference is Milton can make every throw on the field with ease. Shea has to suck up his butt and fucking really launch it, and he's still short dicking passes. That's the difference, right? That interception to Nico Collins, granted Nico had a part to play in that, that's still not an interception if Joe Milton throws that ball because Joe Milton can lead the ball about a yard ahead of Nico, and Nico had already beaten the cornerback. So all Nico had to do is reach out his arm, Grab that ball and walk into the end zone. There's the difference. That's the difference between going 10 and 3 and going 12 and 0. Or 13 and 0 or whatever, making the, making the playoff. Is that big time quarterbacks make big time passes and have big time arms. 
Shea Patterson does not show up in big-time games, and the one big-time game I'm talking about is Ohio State, right? Last year he showed up against Wisconsin, and good for him. Penn State, same thing. And we appreciate those things. But when we're down and we need somebody to take over the game or somebody to lead us back, somebody to be the driving force, the heartbeat of that offense, he doesn't do it. And he proved it against Notre Dame, against Ohio State, and against Florida last year. That's all you needed to see. That's all you needed to see. When the chips are down, Shea Patterson does not come through. But from he can throw a great ball from five yards to 15 to 20, but you go over 20, he's fucking sucking up his butt and trying to throw it as far as he can. And it's not working. So it irritates me that somebody would be, would, is, is so shape, so pro shape that they have to fucking reach for the stars and denigrate and just ruin the name of Tom Brady. Tom Brady and Shea Patterson should never be in the same conversation ever. And I'm not even saying pro Tom Brady. I'm talking about strictly Michigan Wolverine Tom Brady should never, ever be considered in the same conversation or be talked about in the same conversation as Shea Patterson. That is a slap to the greatness of Tom Brady at Michigan. An absolute slap. So I don't know if Harbaugh's texting this guy and say, hey, listen, say what you want about anybody else, but really push this Shea Patterson, this narrative. Shea Patterson's never going to be a great guy. And like I, well, he's probably a great kid. When I, like I said, when I talk bad about this, I am talking about performance. Performance only, because I'm sure he's a great kid. And he's a Wolverine, so I, I care about him in that in that point, in that light, right? But he sucks as a passer. Five yards of 15 to 20, decent, good. But any other big play, put the ball right where you need it, more than likely not his cup of tea. I'm just saying. That's all. That's it. Like I told you, he really is the fart in the elevator on this season for us. Now we're trapped in that elevator, apparently, so we might as well breathe it in and try to figure out how we're going to live with this kind of football player. So, but moving on. Shea Patterson, obviously, is our guy for the rest of the season, so let's hope that he's last year's Shea Patterson and somehow, some way, Joe Milton gets put in there or Run DMC gets put in there in the key moments in big games so we can win these games. I just don't think Shea Patterson is going to do it. Um... So it's ridiculous that Shea could ever be considered to uh, Tom Brady, and that's all I'll say about that. Um, so went over big games. It went over Patterson. Uh, we're going to go to the keys of the game. But before that, let's see if they can get this, this commercial break set up properly this time. And uh, here's a little thing from Anchor. Hey, okay. So, with that being said, uh, we went over everything I really want to talk about with uh, not Iowa kind of breaking down it, but let's do the keys of the game, right? So, the keys to us winning offensively. The keys are, first of all, we have to get off to a fast start, right? Absolutely have to do that. Uh, To be honest, we could have scored an the first three season, I mean, the first three games of the season, we could have scored on the first drive. 
It was very possible. We were moving. We were looking good. But we shot ourselves in the foot. So we need to get off to that fast start. We need to get moved down the field. We need to score. Okay, we score a touchdown. Like I said, Iowa's uh, the girl on prom night just waiting to give it up. Right? She's the neighborhood uh, starter kit, if you know what I mean. She's the bicycle in the neighborhood. Everybody gets a ride. If we get into that red zone, we're going to score. So we can't shoot ourselves in the foot. We cannot do it. Plain and simple, can't do it. Um, so number one, boom, that creates every. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everything else, right? We, we, the the uh, defense feels good. The offense gets good. Uh, Shea doesn't bury his head in the sand like an ostrich who's scared to hear what's going on in his life. Right? He doesn't get that real sad face that he always has. Um he and then with that eye makeup he puts on, he doesn't look like a woman who's been crying for the last three hours. So we get moving. Fresh start, bang, good start. There we go. Two offensively. No turnovers. Huge part of this game. No turnovers. Play a clean game. Get it moving. Keep it safe. And let's just go. Because when we do that, we are very successful. Our defense is good. It will shut down Stanley because they don't have a great running game. They have a decent passing game. It's not like if you shut down like with Wisconsin. I'm tired of the whole Iowa being compared to Wisconsin. They're not. I mean, it's it's like a high school varsity team compared to a junior varsity team. And that's the main difference. I mean, Wisconsin has Jonathan Taylor. There is no running back that Iowa has had or has ever had that could ever be compared to Jonathan Taylor. As Look it up. Maybe one in the whole history of Iowa. So, no, if you shut down the passing game, they're not going to kill us with the run. Only if we have weak play in the defensive tackles, and I'll get to that in a minute. But score on the first drive, have a fast start, no turnovers, and hopefully Shea doesn't – hopefully Shea will then include or make it a point to get the big guns going first. Yes, it is great to have Ronnie Bell make those plays and to right now be the most electrifying wide receiver we have. But I don't think it's because he's that great. I think it's because we or Shea hasn't really tried to involve anyone else. Nico Collins, DPJ, and Tariq Black need need to get involved right away. Then... And even if you've got to move him around, even if you put Ronnie Bell at the number one spot and move Nico to to slot or whatever, mix it up. Get these guys open. Get these guys in different situations that that we can win at. That's the whole point about. That's the whole part about coaching. And I think we're on the right. We're on the right road with Gaddis being on the on the sideline. He can get right into their head. He can keep Shea focused. That's the most important thing right now. Shay is the girl on Instagram that needs to be told how great he is constantly or he, like I said, he buries his head in the sand or he pouts or he does whatever he does. So Gaddis has got to be on that sideline to keep our little Instagram girl happy. 
So if Instagram girl's happy, then maybe we'll, we got a real good chance here. Because like I said, Iowa doesn't do anything spectacular. They're a great team. Like they work together as a team very, very well. That's what Iowa does. Um, two, so here's the keys on defense, what we need to do. One, we need to stop the run or stop Stanley. Either way, pick pick our poison, whatever we feel the best at doing. If we feel like our cornerbacks can shut down the pass and then make them run, then fine, let's do that. Or if we feel that we can shut down that run and make Stanley beat us, then let's do that. I would much prefer if we shut down Stanley and then make them try to beat us with the run. That's what I think will help us, and I don't think it's going to be that hard to do. If we get Uche in there, and Cam, I'm telling you, Cam McGrone, this is a game that is built for Cam McGrone to shine. Because he was a beat, a beat slow in that in that Rutgers game. He was. And with Wisconsin, you really got to see his speed, right? So he made some mistakes, but like I told you in the reaction episode, if these kids are going to make mistakes, you want them making it full speed. You really do. So this way their brain's clicking and they start to think, okay, I screwed up here. Boom, boom, boom. They start to see that and they start to make decisions on the fly better because they're doing it in full speed, right? They're doing it in full speed. That's what we need. I think Cameron is poised to have a huge game this game against Iowa. I really do. Uche from the side is going to cause some havoc. Uh, we just, another thing too, we absolutely need to get uh, Dax Hill in there because on those nickel because that's how we're going to win that's really just how we're going to win we're going to start utilizing our young kids in all the right spots you put Dax Hill in there you're telling me Nate Stanley's going to beat Dax Hill uh, Vincent Gray uh, Amory Thomas Lavert Hill Hawkins and Metellus it's not going to happen he doesn't have the 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 wide receiver talent to do it he just doesn't I have zero faith that that's going to happen. So we shut down Nate Stanley. If this game's over, it's over. If we make him pass or if we stop the run, like I told you, it is over. We can win this game. So we also, another thing, I, you watch that Rutgers game. Late in the game, Chris Hinton is in there. You, There is video proof of Chris Hinton. Chris Hinton moving the moving offensive lineman because he's so big and so fast and such a talent as a freshman he's moving now granted i know it's rutgers but still beef on beef the kid is moving he's got a good first step he's strong he's getting in there and like i said he's not a defensive end he doesn't need to be cerebral at this point as a freshman all he needs to do is move people back that's all he's got to do so you put in Dwarm four and a Hinton and let them go out and just smack up and just clog the middle and allow guys like Cam McGrone not to be touched by an offensive lineman and give him a way to get to the quarterback real quick or plug the hole or do whatever the hell our linebackers need to do. Come on, man. This is what we need. And then, you know, on our NASCAR package, sure, put in Dana and put in uh, 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 Carlo Kemp. I mean, hell, start Carlo Kemp and Dwan Four, and then move in Hinton with Dwan Four, and then Dana with Dwan Four, and Dana with Hinton. I mean, let's start mixing these these dudes in so they can really start paying dividends. We have talented kids as freshmen. We need to really start using that talent. 
because it's obvious when you give them the chance, they're starting to pay off now. So we need to do that defensively. And I think you'll see the difference. If our defense stays with the course and we start adding in the talent, I think you're going to see the defense really start shooting up as one of the top 15 to 20, 15, top 15 to top five defenses in the nation. I think right now our defense is 16th total. So already, and we're struggling. You would say that this is a struggling defense right now. <laughs> Just imagine what we could do. We start utilizing this youth, and those guys start to get confidence in what they're doing. It's over, man. Yes, I I think this game is going to be much closer than uh, maybe than what I made it sound like right now. But that's only because I don't know where the mental makeup of this team is. I don't. If this if this team with all the talent, like I said earlier, if this team had the 1997 mental makeup of that. We're winning this game 31-14. We're winning this game 31-10 because we're, we're that good. Talent. Talent-wise, we're that good, but I don't know where we are mentally. If that team that showed up at Wisconsin plays this Iowa team, we're going to lose. Plain and simple, we're going to lose. So did those guys read their own press clippings this time and they think, oh, no, we're back on the same track and they're going to give minimal, minimal to little effort? If that happens, we're going to lose. If they just show up thinking, well, we're Michigan, we've got the winged helmet, and all these other teams are just going to bow down to us, we're going to lose. But if those guys come in hungry, just ready to hit people and be angry, man, we're going to win. These guys are going to win it. We're going to win it, and we're going to look good, right? I just don't know where that mental makeup is. But even not knowing where the mental makeup is, I still think we win 21-20. Uh, we get the three touchdowns throughout the game, and we hold on. Like it's maybe twenty one twenty or twenty one ten going into the third, and then they make a run and you know whatever, right? They're poised to maybe kick kick a game winning field goal, but our defense comes up big or whatever, whatever it is. Twenty one twenty, the game. That's how we're going to do it. Uh, I just I I'm starting. If we win this game, if well, let's say we win this game and we win it decisively, right? We'll kill Illinois. We'll walk into Illinois. We'll we'll land base that team, and then we got Penn State. So if our mental makeup is right and we're ready to go, and we beat this team uh, like in impressive fashion, Penn State that whiteout will be ready for it. You know, though that team will have already lost a big game against Wisconsin. They know how loud it was. I have friends who are Wisconsin fans and were at that game, and they said they have never heard such a loud environment. So those boys lost, took it on the chin, got beat down, had everybody laughing at them, heard the crowd. That's going to stick with them. So it's either going to stick with them in a good way or a bad way, and that's where we're going to find out. We get Iowa, great test. Illinois should be a great powder puff game for us leading into Penn State. So right now, we're in a fantastic spot if our team has the mental makeup that I'm hoping we have. We have great leader. Well, I don't know about great leadership. We have, we have great talent in certain areas and key positions that we need. And we also have young talent coming up in the best spots possible. And I'm telling you, this is it. This Iowa game will tell us everything we need to know about our Michigan Wolverines. 
because it's not about talent on this game. It's all about mentally who are we, where we're at, how we're going to bounce, and how we're going to do it coming off of a win. So let's let's shove it up the national the national narrative's ass. Try and show them that Michigan is the team that is going to get to a Big Ten title. I'm not even going to worry about playoff right now because all we need is the Big Ten title. Even if we lose, say worst case scenario, we lose this game to Iowa. Still not the end of our Big Ten title dreams. Just isn't. They're in another division. They're in the West. So I don't want to lose this game, and I think it could be crushing if we do lose this game. But still not the end of the world. Uh, I'm not putting that out there because I don't think we'll win, even though I'm scared. Um, but still, we need to stay focused. This team's mental outlook is the most important. Where do where are they at? Where are they focused? Will Shea nut up and be the guy we need him to be? And then hopefully we get some breathing room and Milton comes in and shows what he can do for the rest of the time and we really do it. And this whole, uh, in closing, let's do this. This running back by committee, I mean, I think we should embrace it. I really don't care. To be quite honest, if Zach Charbonnet is the next Mike Hart or if he isn't, makes no difference to me. I think if I think actually comparing him to Mike Hart could end up being an insult to the kid. Uh, he's an A train. This kid is Anthony Thomas all the way. Right? Uh he's too big, he's too fast to be considered Mike Hart. The, if he has the drive and the belief and the heart as Mike Hart then good. But who cares? If it's Zach Charbonnet or if it's Christian Turner or if it's Hassan Haskins, if it's any one of those three and they and either one of them turns out to be a great running back, then we should just be happy. Who cares what his name is? I mean, Alabama had three amazing running backs last year, and I don't even know all their names. I know it was Josh Jacobs who went to the NFL, Najee Harris, which should have been a Michigan Wolverine, and Damon something. Damon Williams, maybe? I'm not sure. Or Damian Williamson, whatever it is. Three great running backs would come in constantly throughout the game, and they never missed a beat. So who cares? As long as our passing game is working and it's rolling and it's doing great things, we can be just like Alabama. I'm telling you, this can happen. But I'm not a I'm not a Shea Patterson fan. If we had Milton in there, maybe that's what's going to happen. But still, we can still be good. We can still win. We can still get to a Big Ten title game. We just have to believe that this mental makeup of this team is strong. That with Josh Gaddis on the sideline and an awakening of Jim Harbaugh, maybe things turn around. That's what I'm going to hope for. That's what I'm going to believe in. I want a bigger I want a bigger win. I want 31-14. I want 31-10. I want 42-3. I want a huge victory by Michigan football. But I will settle and I will predict 21-20. <laughs> so that's I'm not I, come on. I need to know the mental makeup just like all of us. But that's it guys. I really appreciate you guys listening. I love listening to you guys. I love talking to you guys. Uh, the support is always just phenomenal. Also, guys, like and rate on whatever platform you listen to this to. If it's iTunes, if it's Apple Podcast, wherever they will allow you. If it's Spotify, share with all your friends. Whatever you do, whatever it is, go even on the Instagram or on the Facebook fan page and review it. Give it whatever. Just say whatever you want to. Then DM me with your name. 
and your address, and I'll send you a free sticker, man. I just want to get the support going. I want you guys to be proud that you're a Michigan maniac because, really, we are the best show going right now. I really do believe it. We are we're not held up by any any part of being loyal to the team or having to see the team so this way they get on us or whatever it is. I give a just a fan's perspective of the love and hate sometimes of our team. So let's support that. Let's get behind it. And let's really just start loving this this podcast because I love it. I know you love it. And let's do it up, guys. All right? So like I always say, it's great to be a Michigan Wolverine. And always and forever, guys, go blue.